0: Glad you're here this morning. Glad I'm here. What is it? The, our, one of our friends that's gone, he said, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. <laughs> well, Pat prayed for us. I'll set my faith, and it'll be, a, it'll be some food for all of us, and you'll go away with more food. We'll cover a few things here. Some will be a lot of repetition, but that's okay. We need to keep pounding away at a few things and, and step us up a little bit. But I keep thinking about the supernatural. Supernatural, the word sounds really ooey-ooey, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about it, or they have programs on Supernatural, there'll be some on History Channel, and they're way out there. And then, there's, of course, there's a good one, uh, Christian Television, has show is Supernatural, and those are some amazing things that have taken place. But uh, we shouldn't just think that Supernatural means to be out there somewhere out there we're, you know, out there somewhere. (laughs) Basically, when you think about supernatural, it's got to do with something beyond our natural. Okay? Like we're sitting here today, this is our natural body. We're here, we have a natural mind. We came uh, out of a natural childbirth at one point or another. Most of us did, I think. (laughs) Uh, No no one was hatched. Uh, I still don't know about that stork story, but anyway that's the natural realm when do you move into the supernatural well uh, let's just turn to john 3 3 for the fun of it just turn to john 3 3 let's see where the supernatural may start there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the jews now this was a big time dude he's a ruler of the jews and this man came to Jesus by night, and it might ought to say he snuck over there to check on Jesus because he would not be caught going to see this controversial person in the daytime. He, wanted, he You might just think of it that way. And he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again... He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Once we are born again, we are in the supernatural. Now, does that help any? Because we've moved beyond ourselves into what? God's kingdom. And sometimes that, that's hard for us in our human brains to figure that one out. But in a sense, we have to accept that. I remember thinking, hearing some teachings one time and talking about it, and, and even I've been accused of it. Well, Gary, all you, all you teach is on faith. Now, how about a well-rounded ministry? Well, first of all, you can't get saved without faith. You can't get healed without faith. You can't really have God's wisdom without faith. You can't have anything without faith. And some things I've been teaching on lately and we'll move more into, you can't even you can't even trust that you hear from the spirit of God without faith. Cuz when you start moving into these realms that I've been teaching on some lately, it takes faith to say, "Yeah, I'm going to step I'm going to step into that realm and I'm going to believe this." <laughs> You know, remember we we hit that in uh, several times in uh, Romans 12. Where in the Amplified it talks about making a decisive decision, a decisive decision to walk by faith. It's all in. It's all there. And so many times I've had people say, "Well, you need a balanced ministry." So I've listened to some of the people that teach that balance. And it's somewhere between unbelief and faith. I'm serious. So again, it's not to condemn them or to criticize them, but but they consider a balanced ministry if you go ahead and fall apart occasionally. I guess I don't, know. and I'll move on from there. I don't want to major on that. But at any rate, as I prepare today, uh, walking out the door, I realize where it starts is John three three. Now we don't know what the ruler of the Jews did and he goes on and how can these things be and so on and we could we could uh we could major in that how can these things be but anyway jesus talked about that and addressed it but i think we all understand that and uh, everyone here today and and in the sound of my voice i meet others that have never really thought about the born again experience born again simple you know i've been accused by others of saying oh you're one of those born agains well yes i am praise the lord <laughs> Absolutely I am. Yes I am. But they think it's like a criticism, you know, like you're weird. Well, Jesus must have been really weird then. Because he was teaching weird things if that's the case. But it's he wasn't weird and that's not the case. The case is, yes, you must be born again. Whether or not people don't like the expression or not, it doesn't matter. That's basically what happens. You're born of the of your mother first. And then once you say, and simply calling on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, Jesus, I I recognize Jesus. That's enough right there. Calling on that name. As many as call upon that name shall be what? Moved into the Spirit of God. That's what salvation is. It's moved into all the benefits. All the benefits of your sin being deleted, <laughs> delete. <laughs> you know we're all computer people. Your sins are delete; they're gone forever. He doesn't look upon your sins. The Bible says he doesn't remember them either. That's right. You try if some, if you get harassed in the night about something you did a long time ago. Well, that's not God. That's that's an evil one trying to plant something in your mind to take you out of the realm and get guilt coming back in and all those wrong fruits. So yes. Being saved means you just stepped into every benefit there has ever been by the blood and by the stripes. A total, a total, well, wouldn't you know it, I wrote the, na- wrote the name down as total transformation. Where do we get that word at? Skipped over here. Well, uh, you'll you'll have it memorized pretty soon because it's in Romans 12. Seem like we hang out there some lately, but that's all right. Romans 12, chapter, verse 1, of course, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, of course, in some ways, Paul, in that case, was some ways dealing with, you know, physical sins and so on and so forth. But anyway, of course, the uh, Amplified then talks about a decisive dedication of your bodies, so that you may be, not be conformed, the Bible says, to this world, but what? transformed it's a process of transforming transformation now we're born again instantly right the spirit man's now alive to god that's that's the first transformation but now we've got this old mind that's been you know working out there in the world for all these years if you're young it has maybe not that long if you've been uh, maybe 20 years old, well, for 20 years old, you've been ingrained with all the natural things, all the, all the things of the world. If you're older and so on, that's a long time. Uh, your mind has been programmed to think like the world thinks. But he's saying here, be not conformed to this thinking or the world thinking or the world's ideas, but be transformed, now, that's real easy to read that out loud, isn't it? But see, what is, how does you get there? That's the point. Now, a religious mind would think that, okay, I'm out there natural now, and I smoke and I cuss and chew and, you know, whatever, I, I do all these things. I'll just quit those, and I'll be perfected. That's what religion's all about they they get all perfected by doing things physically and changing now it's okay to change your habits like that but here it says how do we do that we do it by renewing our mind that's why when you sit in our ministry like this we're pounding away at the word of god word the word getting the word in there to start bringing a different line of thinking into your life different parameters different. i I like this term reference points Because you start thinking of a different reference. I mean, that's that's the objective. Uh, my objective to get over to you is to help you develop reference points. And, of course, in the rest of this, by renewing your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Basically, I didn't want to get too deep into that scripture today because I want to move on a little bit, but, but in the Amplified Version, which gave me a lot of revelation many years ago, it talks about the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, but the Amplified then makes it further, and it talks about what is good and perfect for you. I love that because it, it cleared up some cloudy stuff way back there 20-some, 25 years ago when I was hearing that scripture, but it didn't gel. And I've talked about this one other time. But when I saw the Amplified Version, the, the light bulb came on. It's like, well, the first part is knowing the will of God. He wants you born again. He wants you healed. He wants you to prosper. Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. What's a prosperous soul? Renewed. A renewed mind. That's a prosperous soul. Out of that prosperous soul, then all this other fruit will come out of it if you just allow it to grow and and begin to transform your life. And the second part of that then, what's good and acceptable and perfect for you, has to do with, well, you want to know what the will of God is for your life? That second part is, the first part is His will for everybody. A bachelor's degree in college. The second part's your master's degree where you go ahead and specialize into something. Say amen. That's pretty cool. (laughs) But it is. It helps us know that if we stay with the Lord and we keep putting this word in, not only will we become part of just uh, just inherently know His will for everything, so when our children get ill, we can pray for them and know it's His will to heal them, or grandma or whoever it is but on the, and the, and so on and so forth, and the other side of the coin is we're trying to seek our track, our life track. I believe that if you spend enough time in this word and you're keep seeking God, and you don't know what maybe your life track should be from here or whatever, I believe that that if you keep putting this word of God in here keep keep following the leading of the spirit of God because. Uh, I don't know how it works for everybody else, but I know how it works for me. I'll be going along, and a scripture will jump out at me. And and out of discipline, I've learned that if I don't just pass that scripture off as something that just happened to be there, I'll be headed towards some revelation that's probably there to help my life, or in the case of being a minister of the gospel it's going to be something powerful to plant into other people's lives. But many, many times, it'll, it's, it's for your own development. Don't pass it by. And, and you know, I've hit this several times over the last few months. I know that. But I always uh, encourage people, if you get a curiosity about a scripture, or maybe you're out there on the road driving down the road someday, and you get it, I wonder what that means. Or where did I hear that word? Well, you know, maybe, maybe in here or other ministries you're listening to, you might have heard a scripture. Well, you're going down the road, and all of a sudden that scripture came. I wonder what that means. And sometimes, in some cases, I've had that, and I said, I wonder if that's even in the Bible, because I don't know where it came from. But when I get home, if I can remember it or write it down, get home, look it up, yeah, there it is. Well, when that happens, that's the Holy Spirit wanting to get something over to you for your life or again moving on into ministry level it could be others but then if you get a revelation in your life you can bet that and it's been life-changing you can bet there'd be a time for you to plant that into somebody else that's the whole idea of of nourishing believers uh and maybe exhorting them or encouraging them motivating them to reach out to other people with something that just got planted in your heart First thing you planted is your testimony. How'd you get born again? See, these things are powerful. And you you all know this. You already experienced it already. But see, we drive it home. So we're talking about the supernatural, moving into the supernatural, because everything in the spirit realm is the supernatural. God doesn't want that to be spooky. He wants us to be acquainted with the supernatural. He wants us to be very comfortable with the supernatural. Because guess what? If we can expect things today, small things. You know, I've talked about the small things in the beginnings, and I think it's in uh, Job. Talks about though your beginnings may be small, your latter end shall be greatly increased. <laughs> well, that's the way it is. We start with where where it's at, but then it grows up and and so on. I can ramble on to other a lot of other scriptures here, but let's let's uh, let's just uh, go back to one review. Again, because I just can't stay away from this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, focused on verse 14, which is the natural man, is everybody there? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In some ways, this is why. When we get out, you know, we're here and we're all comfortable, we're all speaking the same thing and we're growing and we're going home and we know we're growing and things are starting to work for us that didn't work six months ago or three months ago because you're building up a faith that you can't see. It's just happening. It's going into your heart. Your mind's being renewed and you're starting to be open to this stuff That's that that you can expect God to move. You can expect His Word to work rather than hoping it'll work. You begin to expect it to work. Well, then you get out in this around people, and it's like, how much do you share? Because basically, if they're unrenewed, it'll sound foolish to them. However, as early as last night, Sandy and I, I don't mind saying, we, we're a little, little tired from the journey, and Sandy and I are both still recovering a little bit, so yesterday, we, was not a day that we felt like running races, but we were invited out to dinner at a very special friend's place, and there were another couple there, and it was nice, and we decided to do it. We sat down, and this lady that we'd met once before, very very nice people, well, what do you do, Gary? Well, you know you asked me that question, the only thing I'd say was i was when. <laughs> started to talk about you know some things but then I just I had a how do I say this an inspiration to say this I said well you know uh, we've been in marketing but I and I'm a professional pilot and you know those are the two basic things but I said you know ma'am I've got a dual calling now I don't know anything about them I said I've got a call of ministry in my life and a calling to business. And I said, I can't, I can't explain it. doesn't matter. But I said, I operate in both all the time, and, and God has really blessed me. And Sandy says, yeah, you know, and I said, we have a ministry on Sundays. And Sandy spoke up and says, yeah, you know, there's a young man there that talked about the, the miracle with Clint and so on. And then it got around to, well, you know, we kind of just started to start this because we wanted to help Clint uh, get more, you know, build his faith more and so on. Kind of went from there. And then I said, you know, thing is with christians i said a lot of them just i said they don't really expect healings and miracles so i said you know i believe i'm called to plant faith into people so they can receive it well i mean i am way out there but i wasn't way out there because the spirit of god was in that whole deal and then we made further comments like well you know people would like to know but i said you know even even the ministers a lot of them I just don't teach this because it would sound so crazy. There people would leave in a lot of cases. And then Sandy piped up, and she said, well, a lot of the ministers don't really understand this faith level either, the Word of God. Well, that wasn't critical, but the, and we left it at that. That was it. That was enough. And had a beautiful evening, wonderful dinner, and came home, so on and so forth. Well, it's kind of a testimony of an opportunity to step into some water there that there was no fear. And it was like sometimes you're not gambling. You're gambling their life. If they don't want to receive anything, that's their decision. If they want me to look like, think I'm a weirdo, but I didn't leave that evening with either Sandy and I looking like weirdos. Because we had an unction there to move ahead. And then we knew when it was time to shut up. (laughs) Right? There's always a time to jump in. It's a time to shut up, right? I learned that heavily in sales training, because there's this idea of a salesperson selling you something and then buying it back. We can do the same thing with the gospel. <laughs> you probably wonder why I get into these realms sometimes, but uh, you know I'm groomed in a lot of this stuff, really. When you ask somebody to buy something, do you want to? Do you you tell them all about this new car? It's wonderful. It does just what you said. You wanted one that'd go 92 miles an hour and it'd get 42 miles a gallon. You wanted it red. You wanted it this and that, Six seats. There it is. Do you like that car? Yes. I got a yes, see? OK. OK. Put him on the spot, didn't he? He had to He had to do something. Do you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? You see, uh, well, that gets off somewhere, but the point is I didn't buy it back. In other words, come on, Greg, do you, do you want this car? Do you want this car? Come on, come on. Do you want this car? Do you want this car? You know, oh, I think you'd like this car. What did I just do? I bought it back. Same way with leading people, sharing sharing the gospel. Share it and shut up. Get out of there. <laughs> Stay there, whatever. Uh, give me your hand. And repeat after me. Uh, where was I? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Praise the Lord. We're not too diplomatic, but, you know, when you think about all the people that maybe died this week and, and knowing some of them maybe didn't know Jesus, and you could have been there with one or two of them. I mean, you know, we got to think about these things. I, I don't want to get real heavy in that, but it is heavy. I mean, we, we do have to realize people don't know the Lord. There's one place they're going to go. And sometimes it might be our responsibility to make sure they don't (laughs) or at least have given an option to making that decision. And by the way, I'm not moving off course here too much. This is all talking about living in the supernatural because it's by faith that we end up in relationships and it's by faith that we are before people once in a while and knowing in our hearts that person's making a heavy decision. Right? That's faith, too. So then you evaluate. I didn't know I'd get into this today, but you have to evaluate. What is the cost right now? Am I worried about their friendship? Or am I am I all of a sudden possibly responsible for their future? And that's a tough place to be. I mean, it's not that tough, but it's like, their life might be in your hands for a few seconds or a few minutes. So I know that's a little heavy, but that it's honestly it's true. <laughs> Say amen or oh me or something. It's exactly right. And if you're determined in your heart to follow that leading, then real we'll pay attention at that moment. Because I'm looking at you. And we're saying things, we're talking about horseshoes, and, but I'm always looking past that because there's something going on down in here. And when you, you just kind of focus on people sometimes and look past what this little chatter is going on, and you'll, you'll see some things in their heart. And when you see those things, you can make a serious difference in their life. Because, you know, they're talking about the weather, and, and you're saying, it's not the weather I'm seeing in that guy's heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you see it. And you can just say, well, look, I, I know Greg would like to talk about the weather, but if you died today, would you, where would you go? Would you go to, where would you go if you died today? That's probably the quickest way to find out where they're at. Because the Holy Spirit has already gone ahead of you. See, that's the thing you have to learn. If you have any interest in helping people, which I do and you do, the Holy Spirit is ahead of you. And when you start seeing those things, he's already working in that person's heart. He's already plowing that field. He's already there. And there's a conviction going along and an anointing on you that the more you become aware of it, the more confidence you'll have in what I'm saying. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will break people. I call it breaking them down because it's just the way it is i mean it's like you just see them all of a sudden they're in your hand you're in your grip that's quite a feeling all of a sudden you've got the microphone you are you have the floor and you have an eye and that is the supernatural that's it you just moved into see you're you're starting to see things through god's eyes you see things in that person and you quit looking at their mannerisms you look into their heart You know, a lot of people say, well, you can't, nobody can know a man's heart. Well, the Word of God in Hebrews really makes it clear that the Word of God, uh, let's go to Hebrews, since we're in this kind of, a. Hebrews, where am I, 412, I think, 4, 412. Let's just look at that, since we're on that subject. Hebrews 412, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you look at that, you realize the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When we're walking in the Word and we keep building and renewing our minds, building our faith, and keep building that keep transforming that mind there's there's gifts of the spirit that absolutely can go right into a heart and see it now the natural man can't do that i, I think last week i talked about you know they go by your mannerisms I, I still haven't come up with that term that they use uh reading you with all these things they do you know the Graph analysis, how do you write, you know, does that describe everything? No, it's a spiritual discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I'm telling you, if you're in business, you want to know, you want to know what people's intentions are. Mm -hmm. If you're in ministry and people come to you and they want to know this or that and want to check you out, you want to know what, well, what's their intentions? What's their motivation? See? And again, going back to ministry, you're dealing with people, and they're, they're out there kind of not really flowing with you because they're probably not born again yet this very second. <laughs> Give us 10 seconds. But see, you'll begin to see they'll be saying one thing, but the Spirit of God will show you this other thing, and He'll show you these motivations anytime i'm in the business realm or purchasing anything i want to know their motives right why do they want to deal with me you know why or if they come to me ministry wise they want counsel well why'd they come to me you know what do they want from me well years of dealing with a lot of people you want to know you know oh they'll say because you're so special yeah right yeah, that sounds like they're about ready to manipulate me about something, right? <laughs> right? Well, the Bible declares that if people give you a lot of compliment, be careful. So anyway, how, how do I get off on that subject? I don't know. I guess it's still the same subject, is it not? Yes. So then we're, we're talking about transformation, transforming from this life of the flesh, from the na- natural man into the spiritual man, which is the supernatural. That's beyond the natural man. Now, I was thinking about this a couple days ago. Come off the road, and I thought, man, I didn't pray a lot on the trip. We're just tired. It's just been grueling. And I sat there, and I began to see some things. I've talked about going from the flesh to the spirit. Then I thought about some words, like an overlay. and I don't know if, uh, how to describe this necessarily, but uh, maybe if you had a map down here that was called man's ways, you know, right down here, and maybe in this particular situation, maybe we're going to do something. Well, here's here's man's ways of doing this. Then I thought an overlay would be something translucent that you see through, and then it'd be God's ways, and you'd put that over that, and you'd see where you'd have to correct it to make it God. Does that make any sense? I don't know if it doesn't. So on, but also thought about in other words, the filter. We're filtering everything with the Word of God. We have we have a certain thing we're going to do or think about it. Uh, are we going to do today but we want to start doing it god's way we have to develop a filter and just think about that well okay this would be the thing to be what would god have us do today about this you know how would he look at this how and and draw up on that filter it out you know strain it through the word of god well what's some word that apply to this particular decision that's the filter we evaluate things there's a screening process. I thought about uh, when I was a kid growing up and we had an old fanning mill out there in the barn. I don't think we ever used it, but it's for, you know, you take in the seed and you want to make seed wheat out of it or something else. And so it had a series of sieves that it went through and it blew it. And, of course, God, the Bible talks about the lot the, about the chaff. You can go to the first psalm and see what happens to people that don't like God. They're going to be like chaff. They just just nothing. (laughs) They're out there like that. But we have a screening process. When we hear things, or people come up and present something to you, or you hear something out there in the street or in the coffee shop, it sounds real spiritual, but see, you begin to screen it. You run it through the sieve. You get rid of all the trash about it and bring it down to the good stuff. Does that make sense? Now, an example of of the two, uh, an example of Uh, The spirit realm versus the natural, that's kind of practical, I think. is go to Matthew 16. It's one of the more powerful passages in the whole New Testament. But in Matthew 16, verse 13, without reading the whole thing, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? Uh, The Son of Man am. And so they said, some say John the Baptist. Some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now in the next scripture, uh, he reveals to, uh, he says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which means the son of Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but by my Father who is in heaven. What do you you see there? He was the first man to hear from the Holy Spirit on who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. Peter heard from God. Supernatural. He heard from God. But now that same Peter, let's go over to verse 21. And it's just a few, uh, just like minutes later. And verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Jesus, but he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Okay, Peter, from one minute, heard from the Holy Spirit. A few minutes later, he heard from Satan or his flesh. Same guy. Now, why did he, why did he say this here? Well, there's, a lot, there's other reasons. I mean, outwardly, it may look like, well, you know, he didn't want Jesus to go, and he didn't either. Because these men had no hope beyond Jesus. They didn't have revelation of a born-again experience <laughs> or a life without Jesus. He was there, he, and, and so he was t- it was really a selfish motive, and Satan got a hold of that and said, uh, you know, he said, far be it for you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Didn't want it to happen. Jesus rebuked him. What's the teaching out of that? Well, you can hear from the Holy Spirit and you can hear from the evil one. How do you know the difference? By renewing your mind. You can't just wake up someday and be super, super, super spiritual. You can get born again in a second. But it's over a lifetime of renewing your mind that you keep growing and growing and growing and growing and pretty quick. The the, the filter that we talked about At first, it's a little difficult, pushes a little bit, because we get in these situations and, first of all, it's not necessarily natural to stop and say, hey, wait a minute, I normally would just go say, well, let's go down to that grocery store and buy the gas right there and do whatever it is, you know, it sounds, kind of a common thing, but sometimes we should take a second and say, now, wait a minute, is that what I should do right now? Now why would that ever happen? Well, it could happen just because you decide to do that. But down in here, there's something wrong about that. Down here in this thing just below your chest, you know, a few inches below your mouth, in your heart, in the middle of the man. Something said, check that idea out. Could be a loud voice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you like to have the Holy Spirit with a megaphone sometimes, <laughs> say, "Come on, come on, uh, check this out." Well, if you get that little inkling, start listening to it. Maybe nothing to it, but guess what? You checked it out. That's a reference point. We talked about habits; that that can become a new habit if you're not used to doing that. And I guess I might say, with that that in mind, never ever let anybody criticize you for doing that ever. You don't have to confront them. People say, "Why well, you're always doing this stuff?" You know, you're always trying to be spiritual, well, so what? What's it, it, what is it, you know, what's it to anyone else? You're trying to grow your life. You're trying to become more effective because you want the Spirit of God to move into your life. And, of course, there's a lot more to cover here, but I think uh, we've we've covered quite a bit. I'm encouraging the supernatural to begin to work in all our lives. And the supernatural is quite simple. It's right here. And the Spirit of God is right here. All oh, that's so much inside us. I mean, there's so much in there. And of course, uh, in evaluating these things, just in closing this, I, I made a just wrote down a thought here. You consciously begin to weigh this. Make yourself weigh things, everything you do. And allow it to become a habit of weighing it. Allow it to be something you do all the time. And... I'd love to go on and we'll pick up here next week on some things because I want to talk about how to how to judge the leadings of the Spirit and so on, the, the fruit of it. I'd like to talk about that more, but we've covered enough ground today. Uh, and uh, praise God, we'll all go encouraged to start listening a little better. Transform, transform, transform. You know that old song that's been around the gospel a long time there was there's an old christian song that my my uh, i'm all brand new my hands are new my feet are new and i'm all new to it it's a lie there's there's nothing about getting born again that your hands are new your feet are new because the body's still the same brain's still the same everything's still the same your eyeballs are the same checking accounts probably still the same but you're born again and you have access now Amen? amen praise the lord well, Father, just stand up. Let's just thank God. Praise God in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word uh, working in us mightily, Father. I thank you, Father, for the, the discerning things uh, that you put in our hearts, Father, so we don't walk around wound blindly, Father, following the ways of the world and the ways of the evil one, but, Father, we continue to seek the ways, the ways of God. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God coming into our lives. I, I thank you, Father. That, that the children of Israel, Father, uh, they saw the acts of God. But, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll show us the ways of God. And we'll begin to take those ways of God and plant them in our hearts and begin to walk in that and walk in such a a higher level, Father, of things that you'd have us to do and get over to us in this earth. So thank you, Father, for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.